back, Ram fans. This is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at L.A. Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Episode 304 of Rams Up. This is our Rams rehash segment. We've had a night to sleep on it. Additional thoughts on this Rams win over the Arizona Cardinals and some other news and notes to get through as well. I'm going to start with an apology to the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. They have really gotten it together. Could this be the first time a team gives up 70 points in a game during the regular season and goes on to make the playoffs? Right now, the 6-5 and five Broncos, the 9 seed in the AFC, and their arrow is definitely pointing up. So shout out to them. Russell Wilson, 20 TDs, four interceptions on the year. I'm not sure he's still playing at that highest level, the level we saw from him in the first few years of his career, but give credit where credit is due. Broncos looking good right now. And hey, shout out to the Chicago Bears. I thought they had thrown that game away against the Vikings. They pull it out, and that's great news for the Rams in this wild card chase. And we'll explain why another episode when we take another look at the Rams' path to the playoffs. And this year, at this point, being serious about it, there is a path. We'll talk about that later this week. And I also wanted to mention I missed last week. Maybe it happened in that gray zone when I was in between episodes. The Rams released offensive lineman Zach Thomas to make room for the rookie safety, Jason Taylor II, who actually got some snaps. We'll talk about that in a second. And who do you think earned a game ball? Yeah, you guessed it. Don't even need to say it, but I will. Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams, fourth in the NFL in yards per game right now behind McCaffrey, Barkley, and Montgomery. The 16th running back taken in the 2022 draft, by the way, Pukunakua was the 20th wide receiver taken in the 2023 draft. Both of them fifth-round draft picks. Rams found some fifth-round magic in the last two drafts. Cardinals, I think I've seen enough of Kyron Williams. Williams against the Cardinals this year in two games, 362 total yards and three TDs. Hey, another thing I missed during this game, the Broncos benched cornerback Marco Wilson. He had started 11 games this season. And not only did he not start, didn't get a single snap. Instead, it was three rookies starting ahead of him. In our Rams recap, I don't think I talked enough about what the Rams defense got done against the Cardinals. After that opening drive, they forced a three and out, another three and out, a four and out, turned it over on downs, and then a three and out. And then on the Cardinals' final drive before halftime, Cardinals picked up one first down, and then that kick at the end of the half that was negated by the penalty. Come out for the second half, they force a three and out, but the Cardinals convert on a fake punt against their special teams unit. And then 
a three-and-out after that, a punt on fourth and 17 by the Cardinals. Next drive, the Cardinals got one first down and then missed a field goal. That was followed by yet another three-and-out. And then the last two Cardinal drives, a 10-play drive for a TD, an 11-play drive at the end of the game, primarily against backups. Snap counts of note. Tutu Atwell, just 36% of snaps, but he made the most of it, led the team in receiving yardage. Demarcus Robinson getting an uptick, 60% of snaps. And our backup tight ends getting out there more. Hunter Long, 15 snaps. And Davis Allen, 9 snaps. Bryson Hopkins was inactive. That does not bode well for him in his free agent year. Late in the game, the Rams managed to get three backup offensive linemen in, Note Boom, Ankrum, and Brian Allen. And the running backs, Kyron Williams, 41 snaps, Royce Freeman, 23, and Zach Evans, three snaps late in the game. On the defensive side, Darion Kendrick, back in the good graces of the Rams coaching staff, apparently the only guy that was out there for every snap, John Johnson, 62%, Russ East, 63%, and Kobe Durant, 45% of the snaps. Linebackers Christian Roseboom and Troy Reader, 35 and 23 snaps, respectively. O'Shawn Mathis was out there for 24 snaps. Now, I had theorized he'd get an uptick with a guy like Kyler Murray back there over Michael Hoyt, but Michael Hoyt, more than twice the number of snaps as Mathis, Hoyt had 51 And Jason Taylor, that guy that was activated just this past week, 25 snaps. So we'll have to keep an eye on him, see if he is yet another good safety the Rams found late in the draft. And happy to report Trey Tomlinson out there for 24 snaps. But he's getting some quick seasoning. They targeted him quite a few times. But he hung in there, looked like he has the tools to maybe develop into a serviceable slot cornerback, perhaps. And how about those grades? Kevin Dotson, 92.2 grade. And Jordan Fuller, 90.5. He is the glue in that secondary. Akila Witherspoon also played really well, 88.4. Now, what do those first three guys have in common? Dotson, Fuller, and Witherspoon? They'll all be free agents. Kyron Williams, an 84.3. Surprised it's not higher. 2-2 Atwell, yeah, his snap counts were down, but his score was up 84.2. And Darion Kendrick, 82.6. Men, good grades continued. Johnny Johnson, 82.1. Havenstein and Jackson up front, 79.4 and 78. Kobe Turner, another gem of a rookie we found, a 75. And Royce Freeman, 74.1. Steve Avila, 72.0, a career high for the rookie. So four of our five offensive linemen graded out really well. The missing guy, Coleman Shelton. And we're going to have a lot of content on this Rams-Browns game over the course of this week. But some early tidbits to share with you. No team has been decimated by key injuries as much as the Cleveland Browns, I would dare to say. They've already lost running back Nick Chubb, offensive lineman Jack Conklin, and quarterback Deshaun Watson. And now Miles Garrett hurts his shoulder. As of Monday afternoon, they're listing him as day-to-day. And backup quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson suffered a concussion. So questions whether he's going to be able to go. Will he pass the concussion protocol? 
and as good as this defense is, perhaps the best in the league. Without Miles Garrett, man, it changes everything. He is their best player on defense. 13 sacks, 11 tackles for a loss, 23 quarterback hits, and four forced fumbles this year. But the question in Brown country is, what do they do if DTR, as they call him, cannot go if he does not pass the concussion protocol? Well, they have P.J. Walker as his backup right now, and they signed Joe Flacco this past week to their practice squad. So if DTR can't go, it's going to be between those two. Now, I've been reading some discussions on Brown forums about this. Now, Flacco is a seasoned quarterback, very experienced, obviously. Hasn't played a lot recently, though. And recently, the Browns have featured mobile quarterbacks, so Flacco would be a departure from that. P.J. Walker, on the other hand, he has led them to wins over the 49ers, Colts, and Ravens. Well, you know what? Check that. He hasn't really led them to wins. He was the quarterback when they won those games. It was really the defense that led that effort. Now, the Rams played against P.J. Walker last year. Remember, that was, I think, Christian McCaffrey's last game with the Panthers. Walker was 10 for 16 for 60 yards and zero TDs in that loss to the Rams. So a lot of unknowns right now about the Rams-Browns game, but if Garrett can't go and DTR can't go, changes this game a lot. Rams opened as four and a half point favorites, and that could actually open up a little bit. Browns fans hoping DTR can go and hoping this Miles Garrett shoulder injury is not serious. You know, I haven't done a who's pumped, who's pissed, who's perplexed segment in a while. So I'm going to jump into one right now where we take the pulse of fan bases across the National Football League. Let's start out with who's pumped. Well, Niners fans have to be pumped once again. Man, they just destroyed the Seattle Seahawks. They look like the best team in the league right now. They head to Philadelphia and they will be two-and-a-half-point favorites. And this is the first time in at least 20 years that a 10-win team or better has been a home dog in the regular season with its starting quarterback in the game. And that's why that win by the Eagles was so big. Eagles still with a two-game lead as far as the number one seed goes. And assuming these two teams are in the NFC Championship, and I'd bet on that right now, Eagles 49ers, I'm taking the home team. They got to be pretty pumped right now. And Packers fans have to be pumped too. Things looked pretty dreadful about a month ago. Jordan Love starting to play better football. They get kind of a gift win against the Rams. Rams without Matthew Stafford and Kyron Williams. Packers are in the hunt. And again, not sure that's going to last either. But still, they got to be pretty pumped. And the Atlanta Falcons find themselves on top of the NFC South standings. Man, I wish the Rams were in that division for just one year, huh? Falcons fans pumped about that. Cowboys fans pumped, rolling along. Eagles fans pumped. Get that win against the Bills late in the game. And, you know, even though the Raiders lost to the Chiefs, they still have to be pretty pumped. I would be if I were them. They're starting to play some competitive football. That locker room seems to be reinvigorated with no more Josh McDaniels to deal with. And Broncos fans were pumped too. Putting on a little win streak, starting to play some good football. Steelers fans have to be pumped. They finally get rid of their offensive coordinator. 
They put 400 yards up on the board for the first time in forever. They still have to deal with the Ravens, but the Bengals and Browns dealing with injury issues, things looking up for the Steelers. Bottom line, those Steelers are the beneficiary of the struggles that the Bengals are encountering and the troubles I think the Browns are about to encounter. And Colts fans, you had a lot of teams here that are just surprisingly in the playoff hunt. And I think if you ask their fan bases, they're probably just as surprised as we are. And the Colts are another such team. And the Jags pumped to escape with a win against the Texans. That late Texans field goal hits the crossbar and doesn't go over. Wow. Now I got three franchises that are pissed. Jets fans, well, I don't know if they're more pissed than usual. They're always pissed. But man, their team is just so painful to watch. And Lions fans have to be pretty pissed. This is their year, right? Thanksgiving Day against the Packers, and they throw a dud. Jared Goff, kind of looking like that awkward Jared Goff a lot of Ram fans got used to, too used to. Hey, I still love the guy, but he has those moments where he gets up the ball too easily, puts the ball on the ground, Lions lose. And Seahawks fans have to be pissed. This is not the Seahawk culture they are used to. And 49ers fans, I wouldn't say they necessarily took over that stadium, but there were more there than you would like, more than the 12th man would care for. I'm telling you that. And I heard that 49er fans showed up at Pittsburgh too, and they were pretty upset. Hey, when the 49ers are playing well, their fans come out of the woodwork. And when things go south, we won't hear from them for a couple years. It's just the way it is. And I got three fan bases that are perplexed. The Bills Mafia, man, they needed a win so bad against the Eagles. And it looks like they're going to get it done. Josh Allen had a monster game. And then Jalen Hurts stabs him in the heart. That could have been the death knell for the Buffalo Bills 2023 season. Patriots fans have to be perplexed what's happened to this great franchise. Maybe Tom Brady was the key all along and not Bill Belichick. And Chargers fans continue to be perplexed. Man, I feel so bad for Chargers fans. I know a lot of them, good friends with a bunch of them, and I know how painful this must be. Chargers defense played pretty well for most of this game against the Ravens. Stepped up, offense couldn't get it done. Chargers lose, and their season could very well be over. I'm not going to count them out, though. There's a few teams that are on the cusp of being added to my bucket of teams whose season is over. Thank you for participating. See you next year. But I'm going to save that for our power rankings later this week. And what are we going to do with this college football playoff? Man, still so unsettled. The best scenario for everyone involved is Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Oregon all win, and it's pretty straightforward. The number one seed goes to Georgia, two goes to Michigan, three, I would take Oregon, but I suppose Florida State would get the nod for being undefeated, even though Oregon's resume is much better. So Oregon gets the four seed, and if Washington wins, Washington gets the three seed, and Florida State gets the four seed. But what if Florida State loses to Louisville? That could very well happen. So you get Georgia-Michigan, the winner of the Oregon-Washington game, and Ohio State or Texas. But I'm really against the idea of two teams from the same conference 
In my opinion, Ohio State is out and Texas is in. The worst case scenario is Georgia loses. Alabama beats Georgia. I guess you got to let Alabama in. And this is a problem with these conference championship games. Too much emphasis on them. Georgia, clearly the best team in the country. They lose to Alabama. I'm sorry, they're done. You can't let two teams from the same conference in. And you got to give it to the team that just won the game between the two teams. And what if Georgia and Florida State lose while Michigan's in, either Oregon or Washington, probably Oregon, and then you got to decide. Ohio State, well, I just told you only one team per conference, so I'm not letting them in. So it's got to be Alabama again. They just beat Georgia. And the next team up, Texas, Texas is in. But the best scenario for everybody is those four teams win and we get Georgia versus either Florida State or Oregon and Michigan versus either Florida State or Oregon. That's my take and I'm sticking to it. And I'm going to close this episode with a comment on a mock draft, an NFL mock draft where someone did their homework. They have a Ram selection that makes perfect sense. This is from Jason McIntyre. This is the guy that is the co-host of The Herd with Colin Cowherd. He has the Rams picking 13th, and they selected Joe Alt, the offensive tackle out of Notre Dame. Now the Rams may end up drafting later than that, actually. Possibly earlier, more likely later. But for now, picking 13th, and McIntyre says quite accurately, I don't see the Rams picking a quarterback here but they could get protection for him, him being Matthew Stafford, to start opposite Rob Havenstein. Thank you, Jason. Finally, an expert, a national media personality, making sense with a Rams pick in the 2024 draft. going to do it for this episode remember you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com and don't forget about our youtube channel our handle is at laramsup.com till next time keep the horns up stay safe and have fun out there